The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. All right, I would like Miss Yasina Gonzalez to come in at this point in time. Uh, for someone who has been in the throes of uh, the situation, what are some of the thoughts of Venezuelans well, in Venezuela and maybe in Guyana as well? Well, I believe very much that uh, we're moving forward in a positive way because, as you know, um, Corina Machado, she's going up as a candidate since she win the primaria, even though uh, Maduro have threatened her to inhabilitate her mm -hmm. from, from that uh, opposition, um, being, being, being winning the election and winning the, the primarias, that will determine that she will be the next candidate for the opposition mm -hmm. and with all our support of of course um, we are heading in a positive way and i believe that maduro has bringing this referendum as a form of distraction because you know election coming up the the in october please god and he wanted to inhabilitate i don't know if it's the right word mm -hmm. but to take away that that um power from us he has been doing it with a lot of politicians every time a politician gain power in some level, he will go and remove them, give them, take away the power, or, or say, well, inhabilitate, mm -hmm. or just try and put them in jail. He has been making an uh, arrangement, an uh, agreement that he should free some of the politicians that he has been in jail, mm -hmm. and ha he has not fulfilling any of those agreements. He keeps failing and failing and failing, saying that he will do this and he will do that. But all these things that he's doing right now is just a form, form of a strategy that is continue failing because 90% of the people in Venezuela did not vote. Mm -hmm. So, you know, basically um, Maduro um, proclaiming and saying that how he won the he won the, the referendum is because the people who supported him is basically the people who are with him. The the, the people who supported him is the CP, the people in government. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, he just created a, a distraction strategy. Of course, um, you never know what he, he, he has in his mind. He and Chavez and Maduro have been always trying to do certain things to try to throw off, trying to distract, trying to always trying to gain power, trying to um, doing illegitimate steps to be in power and is most, most likely a dictatorship, mm -hmm. you know? Every time that, you know, something happened, they wanted to do some kind of referendum. It keeps failing, it's a very shameful situation. Because to me, I feel that this is the way that Venezuela is making a positive change. And I believe that everything that happened, regardless of what he's trying to do, he's going to completely be out of power. Could you tell us a little more about the candidate that you just spoke about? What are her policies? Uh, what does she want to do to change the the status of Venezuelans in Venezuela? Well, Maria, Maria Corina Machado, she's uh, been fighting for many, many years. Uh, and she has been victimized by the government of Maduro. And actually in parliament, uh, they cough her down in her nose and they broke her nose and she was hospitalized because so they, they rejected her. And that is basically the, the, the people surrounding Maduro have been a very aggressive people because, you know, they, they, they just dictate and if he brainwash these people, 
you know, then basically this is how you will do. If you if you are a president who are very corrupt and you thief, you will be surrounded by thief. So mm. basically that is how I put the net. So Maria Corina Machado is the best leader so far. I mean, we have others that came before and basically it's, it's, it's determined that everyone that came have been creating somehow an awareness that we want a change. I will not say that Leopoldo, Leopoldo or Capriles or Guaido fail. I, I, I will not say that. I will say that they have been already trying their best to always maintain democracy for Venezuela. And Maria Corina Machado are bringing that to us, bringing democracy, bringing justice in Venezuela, bringing bring back Venezuela as it was before. So. From your perspective, do you think that uh, the average citizen in Venezuela is supporting or supportive of this referendum or the idea of bringing Esequibo into the the land or, or states or maps of Venezuela? Well, basically, 90% of Venezuelans are not for Maduro, right? It's very clear that it's not for Maduro. And we don't really want, um, we want to bring things like good dialogue about the Esequibo for years. We're trying to do that. And we're trying to maintain it. Just basically that Maduro and, and, and Chavez and Maduro have been trying to create a sort of conflicted position mm -hmm. in regards to this is mine and that is why they wanted to fight like in a territorial way because we are, we don't want that. We basically want, because if this is a dispute that is going on from history, had he said, mm -hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's something that is going on for years and years and years back. Since I am a little child, mm -hmm. I am be only hearing about we fighting for this equipo because the 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 equipo have a lot of oil, gold, and it's very rich, you mm -hmm. know, uh, so f very fertile, uh, as very well. fertile, mm -hmm. yes. And then um, you know, we always have that that situation in our hand in respect to Guyana and. Uh, have been going to the I think Supreme Court we eventually will mm -hmm. have to make some sort of decisions about that, right? Mm -hmm. But basically, you know, we're just trying to bring this thing in a peaceful manner. We don't want to fight. And I pray and I believe that the army are not going to support this this step by Maduro trying to um how you call it again, go to to the inside. To inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe that the, the he has been losing a lot of support from the from the army. And Mr. Lal, I want to bring you back into the conversation from Guyana's perspective. What are some of the talking points or main uh, issues that Guyana has with this referendum? Well, obviously, Guyana is against the referendum. Um, the Guyanese president, Ali, he has been very vocal on the matter. Um, and he's been speaking to several countries, the United States, He's going to Venezuelan allies like Cuba. Yesterday it was reported in international news that Brazil, which is an ally of both China and Venezuela, are in talks with both countries to, to try to bring a peaceful resolution mm -hmm. to the issue. But Yesenia brought up a very important point when she spoke about how wealthy the Essequibo region is in terms of, you know, oil and that kind of thing at the moment, the American oil giant, ExxonMobil, they're exploring for oil within this disputed region. And 
Ghana, as you know, is one of the strongest emerging economies in Latin America and the Caribbean now. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghana has the fastest growing economy, not only in the region, but the world. Um, so there's a lot at stake for Ghana in this issue. And of course, you can understand from the Ghanaian perspective, they certainly don't want to lose potential wealth mm-hmm. that they can gain from this region. So, of course, it's a very important issue for Guyana, not only politically, but also economically. Have there been any statements from ExxonMobil or any other uh, parties interested in the same oil and uh, on the ridge? Have they stated their positions? Well, I reached out to the ExxonMobil office in Guyana last week and they did send a statement to the business guardian of that from our garden media saying that they're an energy company and they don't want to get involved in the political issues between countries however i was reading in the international news last week um i believe it was either yesterday or monday where the ceo of exxon mobile he's saying that they don't want to stop any trouble in the region. They are there looking for oil. And they are there to help develop Ghana economically. And, you know, traditionally, Ghana has always been a low-income, a very underdeveloped country. And now, as I said before, the economy is growing very quickly. And it's with the potential billions of dollars that they would see within the next 10, 15 years from this oil boom um, mm-hmm. that Guyana would stand to benefit greatly. But ExxonMobil's CEO, as I said last few days, he did say that he defended their presence in Guyana, saying they, all they are there to do is extract oil and help develop Guyana as a nation. And I guess if it were to fall into Venezuela's hands, it will be to develop Venezuela as well, right? Because we're, we're still well, trying course, to figure yeah, out. Of course, if and the ever comes where the region is incorporated into Venezuela, um, well, we can argue it would mm-hmm. be used. Uh, all, although it should be noted that Venezuela already has the biggest oil reserves on planet. It, it also has large gas reserves. Mm-hmm. Venezuela itself geographically is much bigger than England yeah. and France put together. So it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's a pretty big country with a population of 30 million people. Um, and some people are saying, could, some critics are saying, why is Venezuela doing this when it's already, already an oilish country? Um, so, you know, there, there are different views with regard to the issue. Is it possible that the... Exploration done by Excel Mobile and others have tapped into a very uh, large deposit and they don't want to say, and this is what's causing um, Guyana's worry and probably Venezuela's jealousy or vice versa in trying to get this referendum uh, implemented. Excellent point. Um, you brought up the political issue, and that, that's the next issue. Um, in a few years ago, in 2015, you know, Ghana hit the jackpot, so to speak, you know, with the discovery of oil within that this disputed region. And some are arguing that, of course, it's a, a almost 200-year-old 
dispute between both countries, but Venezuela is now ramping it up because the argument is there are billions of dollars worth of oil within that the ridge. within this region, and mm -hmm. Venezuela is it, simple. All Venezuela, all Venezuela wants is you know this new oil-rich region, so they are doing it for economic gain at the expense of Guyana. And the view of the International Court of Justice, how do they become a player in this uh, situation? Can they act well, as mediators? They, or? They, they made it clear, as you, when you began the program, um, you, you stated it clearly, you quoted them correctly. Um, on Friday, they, they established a ruling which basically they told Venezuela they cannot redefine it. The, the borders at the moment. Um, so Venezuela, Venezuela's hands are tied. Um, Venezuela is not allowed to invade that territory. Mm -hmm. So they're not. So on, they're, they're supposed to be on standby. They suppose they can't do anything. But what does exactly. that mean so, for uh, peace relations? Important point. Um, Although Venezuela wants to pass legislation to incorporate this disputed region, um, the reality is, unless they send soldiers into this region, it's all talk at the moment. But the, I mean, you did say that they've been passing out maps and uh, redefined maps to schools and looking to pass it in Parliament, well, what we would call Parliament in Venezuela. So it seems like, you know, it's. It has flown over their head, that judgment. Well, that's another good point. Um, some people will say, well, the Venezuelan government is not doing all of this for nothing. And eventually, the point may reach that they would send soldiers in. But mm -hmm. it, should be, it should be noted that the Venezuelan government has been seen along, along the intent to do this in a peaceful way. Um, and there are no plans for invasion. At least that's what the government is, is saying, saying at the moment. All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, uh, we would like to discuss the role of CARICOM in the situation, and then we will talk to Yasina about the activist side of the work. What do we need uh, in terms of you know, the people themselves? What resources can we start looking to to bring a resolution to the situation. We'll be right back inside Freedom 106.5 FM. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Welcome back, Trinidad and Tobago, and we are discussing with Mr. Rafael John Lal, reporter here at Guardian Media, and activist Yasina Gonzalez, the situation between Venezuela and Guyana is something that has been on our minds for the past week as things continue to evolve. And we broke off briefly to, you know, consider the part of CARICOM and their position. So, Mr. Lal, what is the position of CARICOM as it stands today uh, since the latest development? Well, CARICOM stands with Guyana in defending the disputed Essequibo region as being part of Guyana. CARICOM does not believe that 
Esquivo belongs to Venezuela, but CARICOM is also playing the role of a peacekeeper, as they've said over and over that both sides have got to sit at the table, the bargaining table, and move the South in peace. The TNT Foreign Affairs Minister, a few days ago, he said that Trinidad and Tobago will continue to maintain a neutral stance on the situation, but they will abide and stand with whatever decision that CARICOM makes. So, of course, it's important that countries like TNT, which is part of CARICOM, and CARICOM as a body, continue to work for a peaceful resolution so that this conflict does not erupt into an armed conflict or something more dangerous. Well, you did say previously that uh, Venezuela had a plan to, quote-unquote, peacefully bring in military into the Essequibo uh, region, saying as they still believe that they have all rights to the area. Now, what do we, how do we plan and how do we prepare as CARICOM and the Caribbean and as allies, seeing that our stance is to be uh, with Guyana, for those who decide that they don't want to be in the region, what are some of the things that we need to prepare for? Well, of course, I don't have a crystal ball and anything <laughs> can happen. Um, I, I would say that the most important thing that CARICOM and member states of CARICOM can do is for a peaceful settlement bring Venezuela, bring Guyana to the bargaining table um, and ensure that this does not interrupt into a wider conflict. And as I said before, um, the president of Guyana, he has gone to India because India is also an ally of both Venezuela and Guyana. There are other international um, actors like the United States. About going to the United Nations Security Council and get them involved. Um, so, Diana is doing a lot in terms of getting different international stakeholders involved in this situation. To so, getting to people aware of what's happening. In a peaceful way. Yeah. All right. I think, to answer your question, TNC and CARICOM should work with all actors and all stakeholders to ensure that this does not erupt into a wider country. All right. I appreciate you joining us here in the conversation. I know that you have to leave at this moment. Uh, once again, thank you for joining the conversation, and we will be getting updates from you soon. Thanks a lot, and I'm always here. If you all ever need me again, have a great day to you and your honesty. Thank you so much. That was Raphael John Lal, reporter here at Freedom 106.5 FM and The Guardian Media Limited, just bringing us some uh, perspective on the happenings of the Essequibo situation. Now, Ms. Gonzalez, I wanted to speak to you from the activist point of view. In knowing your work and seeing the uh, situation firsthand, what are some of the things that we can do um, God forbid that things do escalate in this situation. But as I said before, I do not think that the army in Venezuela are going. Some of the army are already disappointed and already 
not supporting Maduro mm -hmm. regime. And I do believe that we, we are very happy about that because we see we see it and in time to come for the election you will see that Maduro has lost all power. He just desperate. Mm -hmm. So basically he's not mentally stable because of all what he had done in the past, all this dictatorship where he breaking the law and he he feel he owns everything, he don't care whatever it is the international justice give order to, to Venezuela to stay um, away from the situation and the dispute, the territory dispute, and even though they prohibit that he making any referendum and however how he was asking for, they're still telling Venezuela to ask them for it. So he don't respect the law, he don't respect human rights, he violates anything. He has destroyed a whole country, so I believe that he's desperate mm -hmm. and that sooner or later the most important thing for us to focus in making a big change by overthrowing Maduro from power. And I believe that once we have Corina Machado or any uh, candidate that could have the opportunity to win, mm -hmm. uh, which we will believe we will, um, we will have a different uh, approach with Guyana and the Executivo. So basically, the general thinking of Venezuelans in Venezuela is that we, we don't want war Guyana is our friends, neighbors, and we're yes, willing we'll to work. always be, we'll always be. Yeah. And the most important thing is that once we get Maduro out of power, our relationship with Guyana will be different because we're going to deal with it in a peaceful manner, and mm -hmm. we're going to see how far this will go, and we're going to make sure that we're not violating the law that however Maduro has trying, have been trying to do, and he's just desperate. You know, he's a really demoniac, desperate man. <laughs> what could I tell you? From yes. Trinidad and Tobago's perspective, what are some of the things that we can do here in Trinidad to help the situation and also to help uh, Venezuelans and Guyanese likewise? Because um, from the feeling that I'm getting listening to both sides, nobody wants a war. But no. if, if come, push comes to shove and there is... Uh, civil unrest how do we as trinidad and tobago prepare for the influx that may come in well you know um the good thing about guyana is that they have been really receiving the migrants venezuelan migrants in a very respectable way mm -hmm. they have been going through the the proper process to be there legal and work which trinidad government has never tried trying with sixteen thousand migrants with the uh, um with the um um, the last um, amnesty that they, they said that they will give them amnesty and they will be able to work and all of that. And basically they have been deporting those who are really legal here, who mm -hmm. had the car. And, and there's a lot of violation of human rights in Trinidad to, to was the Venezuelan migrant, a group of so, um, xenophobic, you know, and we're fighting to, to get these people justice. Mm -hmm. But um, basically, this situation will just create a, a kind of a negative way because when Venezuelan come here, you come here, you want to take Guyana, you want to take Trinidad. So we respect those things could be, um, could be developed. But mm -hmm. we're hoping that, that sooner or later, this thing is going to come in a pacific way. So we, we just want peace, and we don't want to have no problem with Guyana. Mm. 
you know. And a little more welcome, uh, welcoming feeling here in Trinidad and Tobago for yes. Venezuelans who do come. Yes, of course. And we have good Trinidadians in Trinidad who really welcome the Venezuelan. And the, the, we basically work together. I mean, we all we have a very good relationship with Trinidad and Venezuela. Mm. And we never have any kind of war because I believe that in war nobody wins. And... Basically, uh, Maduro trying to fight for the oil in the Esequibo and create a distraction because remember October coming up just now mm -hmm. in 2024. 20, 20, so he have a lot of time to put the um, demoniac strategy mm -hmm. to know how to manipulate the system and what to and do propaganda, etc. Propag yeah. All sort of things. He will come up with all sort of things. But at the end of the day, the, the solution about this is to remove Maduro out of power. Mm. Tall order, for sure. Tall order, yes. <laughs> yes. All right, and uh, how do we contact you if there are people out there who are willing to help with the cause and to uh, speak with you to gain a better understanding as to the situation in Venezuela right now and to help Venezuelans who currently reside in Trinidad and Tobago? Well, you could call me at uh, um, 732-8222. I have my foundation, Timet Foundation, which is with uh, trying to help a lot of the migrants who come in here, the, the refugees, children especially. You know, th there is a lot of, right now, there is a lot of Venezuelans who in different parts of Trinidad who don't have no home, who actually mm -hmm. you could see they, they, they just don't, can't get a job because of the language. And as I said, you know, the government in Trinidad and Tobago has refused to recognize this, eh? but basically Venezuela do facing a very serious crisis where you don't get electricity. What The picture that you see in Venezuela, that you see a lot of things going good in Venezuela, mm -hmm. is basically the support from Maduro, some of them, not the majority, have been trying to build back the country mm -hmm. slowly, but when you're going in the grown in Venezuela, like Tucupita and all those countryside, it's very sad. They don't have no medication, they don't get anything, anything at all. So if things was good in Venezuela, you would not see so much of people coming here, you know that, right? Mm -hmm. Venezuela is a beautiful country and we praying and we working to make that big change and sooner or later, every of the migrants here will go back because we love Venezuela. And we are very grateful about people in Trinidad, a lot of Trinidad, and very helpful. They mm -hmm. care, they call me, and they say, Yesenia, look, they put in this guy in jail, and he was a good hard worker person. Mm -hmm. He had the UNCR card, what happened, and they're looking for solution, you know. They're asking me for legal assistance, and I really thank them for that, because they believe that they are good workers. On the other hand, we have the negative part of the Venezuelan. Some of the criminals may be here, you know, and I agree that they should put them in be jail. Be treated as such. Yeah. But they have to make mm -hmm. a proper investigation. And I believe that we're going to see all of that. It's all over the world like that. And we don't want criminals here. We want good people here. And we want to have a very good relationship in Venezuela and Trinidad and Tobago because basically we all we have it. Trinidad and used to travel to Venezuela and shop and mm -hmm. you know and all these so things. So directly neighbors. I mean there's a yeah. point at Trinidad you could stand up and see Venezuela over yeah. by the horizon. So. Yes and then Tucupita is right there so mm -hmm. you know there is a lot of ignorance about uh, some of the people who living on the village they never travel in their life because they living on the countryside 
and they figure you could take a fish boat and come here and find jobs mm -hmm. and they find and they're selling plenty problems so it's very sad so I really pray that the Minister of National Security should try to be more um, understanding and, 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 and fulfill the treat that they have with the um, Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the agreement that they have in, in, in recognizing this, this refugee. Just, just basically um, make sure that you, you look at the, 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 the documentations and mm -hmm. have the proper procedure without just deporting them because they don't really deport them, then they just expulse them children and mm -hmm. they don't really go through a proper, a proper process. process, you know, mm -hmm. so I think that the Minister of National Security always tell me my grandmother is a Venezuelan, you know, mm -hmm. and why it is that you, you are just don't care basically about what's going on with those Venezuelan migrants. You just treat them like all of them as criminals by saying, well, deporting. Which, which so what I'm gathering from what you're saying is we need more dialogue between yes. the immigrants and try to define if it's uh, asylum that they're looking yes, for, asylum, yes, uh, yes. if it is that they're just running, well, the opposite side, unfortunately, we have to deal with that as well. If they're running yes. from the law yes. and need to be treated yes. accordingly. Go through the proper process, mm -hmm. yes. And to make sure that proper documentation yes. is given to immigrants coming in. And respect the international, international law, human rights, you know. Right now, as you were asking me uh, about if I could give my number, if anybody mm -hmm. could help, right now there is a family of two children. One is three years and the next one is uh, three months old. Uh, they don't have no shelter. They are in the hospital. They got shot. The mother got shot in her leg and the father got shot in the stomach. And the police was there making the investigation. And they are... Um, um, UNCR, they are refugees, you know, mm -hmm. they, they register and they went through the process with the UNCR and living water and basically they're on the hospital and with the mercy of the doctor, they're keeping them in a room because they are afraid that if they leave the hospital, they could show them again because yeah. most of them coming here because they're running from danger or from fear of their life. Mm -hmm. But he Or political situation. Political that's situation. Going on, yeah. And in his case, in the father case, He has been making a lot of reports of being persecuted by criminals and all of that because he was a witness of a case. So it's, it, all of that is being investigated, and mm -hmm. we already went through uh, through our lawyers, international lawyers, that where we send letters to the UNCR and, and you know... Well, to the government, to, yeah. To the government, mm -hmm. well, to, yes, to, to tell them about the situation with them because... What we're trying to do is basically when they are not getting the, the, the attention, when they are not getting the, the assistance by certain organizations, we take the matter and we're trying to help them mm -hmm. in a humanitarian way, you know. And, and we're doing their work, we, and we not mind doing the work. We're willing to help any organization to assist them, and this is what I am here for, you know. I don't want to really take anybody's job. <laughs> I'm doing whatever it is yeah. to give yeah. them so much information, you know. The thing is, listening to you, I understand the stress that um, would be associated with a situation like yes, that. Yes. And even more so now that the Esequibo situation has come to the forefront, um, I can see that maybe the influx of immigrants from Venezuela yes. was not so much 
uh, yes, it was the economic situation, but it was also um, that's it, that uh, relationship between Guyana and Venezuela had a part to play with it. You know, yeah. it, it was just was not brought to the forefront as it is being now. Yes, and yes. people were just trying to get away from the conflict. You know, um, so in moving forward, the best solution for you would be discussion, resolution, yes, yes. and finding a way to uh, safely and legitimately yes. find work for people coming in and we can yes and shelter you and know shelter like a lot well. of them get put out to the rent and the street and then so i just basically looking for a place for those people who are in the hospital mm -hmm. you know until eventually they catch themselves and they will he will be able to get a job and and all of that because they don't have nowhere to go they right now they're staying in a in a room in the hospital mm -hmm. because of the the kindness of the doctor you know, and on the other hand, uh, I, I believe that uh, a lot of the migrants who come in here, we are already running away from persecution, mm -hmm. from from uh, Maduro dictatorship and all of that, and and an obvious economic. It, it should say that uh, I would assume would it be a safe assumption to say that there are Guyanese as well doing the very same thing, because it may or may not be reported that you know um, antagonism has already started. Yeah. In, oh yes, oh yes. In oh, that yes. region, you know. Yes. But there is a lot of Guyanese living in Venezuela who come into Trinidad seeking asylum, mm -hmm. who are already have their nationality in Venezuela, but the Guyanese, you know. So um, it's both sides of the coin. Both sides, yes. And as we say in human impact, we're looking at all sides of the story, and I appreciate yeah. you coming in and yes, giving yes. your side for thank Venezuela so as well. Thank you so much, yes, yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem. Okay, thanks. So it, you said you gave your number already, and I think here at Freedom 106.5 FM, we can give yes. out your contact. 732-8222, anybody who have a shelter and that they could give these people that a place for them to stay for the time being. And if the, if the place need cleaning, or mm -hmm. I will make sure that they will do it right. Thank you so much, yes, Ms. Gonzalez, so much, for thank you. joining us here. Thank you for the opportunity. No okay, problem. Bye -bye. This is Freedom 106.5 FM, 15 to the hour of 11. Your news update comes in at 12 o'clock, where we find out more about what's happening with our regional brothers and sisters in Venezuela and Guyana. And, of course, international news and, of course, local news, because we want to know what's happening here at home as well. This is Freedom 106.5 FM, Human Impact. We'll be right back. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.